Welcome back to the Young Adults for Christ podcast. It's so great to be with you guys again. Yeah, and it's going to be Brett and I again, <laughs> which is cool. I hope so. I mean, hopefully they're enjoying our voices, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely enjoying doing it for, with you guys. Yeah, so I just wanted to speak about questions and where you can pose your questions. So yeah, last week we were kind of like, you you know, last time we spoke you said you could just pose your questions, but we didn't give, I think, direct um ways to do that to there do you it, go yes. so uh, king james as you mentioned in the last podcast told us hey guys tell them how they <laughs> yeah tell them where to put the questions <laughs> yeah yeah so you can go directly to our young adults for christ um website which is young adults for or you can go oh on there there's a whatsapp hotline you can click it it takes you directly onto whatsapp and you'll message our our line directly or you can go directly onto our Instagram page and DM us or comment on a photo. Well, probably not comment on a photo because I guess your questions will be more directed <laughs> to us if you don't yeah. want them on YouTube, right? That's good. So, yeah, it's just two places where you can get direct contact with us. If you have any prayer requests, yeah. the WhatsApp line is also open for that. Yeah. So please do feel free to, to send your prayer requests through if you have any mm. Yeah. yeah, and if you haven't yet listened to the first podcast, this is only our second one, uh, you've somehow stumbled upon it, uh, we want to invite you to go maybe go listen to the first one. We tell you a little bit about ourselves, about who we are, and why the podcast, like why are we doing this, um, and why Young Adults for Christ. So please do go and give that a listen. But uh, for today, Seb, we said we were going to talk about biblical things in this podcast. What are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about the Bible. Oh, that's easy. Which is, I guess... One of the easier topics, but still one of the... <laughs> I, I said that kind of as a joke. <laughs> one, of the, me, one of the harder ones, because I think the one of the first questions we're going to pose to each other is, why do we read the read the Bible, mm. which we can land, yeah. but then it goes to finishing off on, why is the Bible still relevant today? Yeah. Or even, is the Bible relevant? Yeah, is the Bible relevant? Because I think posing that question is not a question that we pose to ourselves often yeah because i just it, trust it and i keep going you know? yeah, yeah but it's definitely when having a discussion with a non-christian with someone that doesn't know jesus it's for the first thing that they always say you mentioned the bible but how is the bible relevant it was mm. written two thousand years ago so yeah. i think that's a, a difficult one yeah that's cool but so should we, should we kick off with um why like or why do we read the bible you know, I guess mostly if whoever's listening is probably Christian. Um, but if you're not Christian, you probably want to know, like, why the Bible? Like, why do we read this thing so much? Um, so I thought maybe, Seb, you could kick us off. Why do you read the Bible? Yeah. So I think the Bible, for me, it's a it's a place where I, I go to find some peace in my life because I think we live in a very, a very busy, hustle-bustle life. We live, Brett and myself, live in and around Santon. So it's always on the go keep on moving how much faster can we move so i find peace within that bible but also i'm a i'm a relational person but in my relational in my friendships and relationships i'm i'm very much i need that physical contact so for me i read scripture and i mean john 1 1 it's it's my place to go to when people ask me why i read the bible and John 1.1 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Mm. So that that verse right there for me says that my Bible, 
this Bible right here is my physical connection with Christ. It's my physical, it's my physical on earth connection. So that's why I find myself in, in the words so often because mm. it gives me that physical longing that I search for in a relationship with anyone, not just with, sure. with Christ. I, I search for a physical relationship and this is my physical relationship where I can feel, see and do the, the, the God thing, yeah. which, which for me, it's, it's so important. That's really good. Um, I don't think I've often heard people explain the Bible as their like physical connection to God. But I mean, as you've quoted John 1, 1, that, that is exactly what the word is. You know, the word was flesh. So it's a physical connection to Jesus, who our Bible is all about. Uh, that's good, man. I really, really like that. It's how you have a physical relationship with God. Yeah. You're a wise man, sir. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think that's me. No. But hey, <laughs> yeah, that, no. that I think was a blessing from Christ because, yeah, yeah I've got two brain cells as, as most people <laughs> most people like to tell, remind nah, me. That's not true. No, <laughs> yeah. Seb, that's, that's really good because I think oftentimes people will treat the Bible as a, like, um, how do I live my life? And they'll just open it and take some moral teachings out of it and off they go. Or it's like a hectic rule book. Um, it's a competition to keep the most rules. I mean, you know me, I'm an absolute fan of <laughs> discovery. And they tell me which hoops I need to jump through and I jump through those hoops and I get my, my free smoothie, um, which I said I use more than just the free smoothie. But anyways, <laughs> that's for another one. Um, but yeah, so like, and then they, they'll use that as a rule book. So here are the, the 10 things I need to do, the 10 commandments. I just won't murder, I won't steal, I won't covet. And cool, life is good. Or like, it's it's a it's a map to the good life. Yeah. You know, I, we see Christians on Instagram living their best lives. I want the best life, so I'm just going to kind of glean some wisdom from the Bible. But while I think those things, you know, if you read the Bible, you're probably going to find that because it is the source of all truth. Um, it's so much more than that. It is God breathed. Um, it is the word of God. It's how God longs and wishes for us to know him. And so to know God is really kind of, I think, what this life is about and to enjoy him and to abide in him. And so the Bible is exactly that. It's how we abide in God. Um, and so that's why I read the, the Bible. <clears throat> and I must admit, I, I, I love routine, but I find as soon as I get into routine, we actually spoke about this this morning, I start to then become legalistic about it and I just tick my box I've read my Bible today I'm off yeah. versus like really enjoying the Bible for all that it is and understanding God and so I like oscillate between being very routined and then other times uh, I struggle to even read my Bible um, and I mean I'm a pastor so that's like please don't tell my bosses you know <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully your bosses don't listen to this yeah, thing, yeah, eh? yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah I think reading the Bible it's it's a discipline man it's like a it's a it's a way for us to come uh, with our questions um, and to really study uh, the Word of God and get to know Him better because He knows us. God knows us, man. We're made in His image and He loves us. And so we're just trying to figure out and know God. And the Bible is one of them. Yeah. And so that's how I, that's, I like to read the Bible for, for that exact reason, the chance to understand and know God better. Yeah, and I think on that, I mean, uh, while I was doing some research on, on why why the Bible is recommended for us to read. I mean, I came across a Charles Spurgeon yeah. quote, and it says, nobody ever outgrows scripture. The book widens and deepens with our years. And I mean, that's exactly what you've just said. Like, mm. you go there to, to deepen your relationship. And as we deepen our relationship, 
we the bible just widens and it changes and it grows and it's active and it i mean where's this one hebrews 4 12 says yeah. to us for the word of of god is living and active sharper than a two-edged sword so i mean like that charles spurgeon saying that that it grows and it mm. it widens and deepens as we grow and 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 deepen ourselves with Christ, yeah. it's just a reminder of that Hebrews four twelve, which is, I mean, you it blows my mind that it's so active. Like, yeah, I I don't know. I I think of reading the Bible when I when I just started reading it for myself. When I just started my relationship with Christ mm. for myself. When it wasn't a, oh, my parents told me to come to church thing. Yeah, I remember like reading reading the Gospels and reading the gospels oh, Jesus is great mm. but now you read a gospel and you I mean I think of the the must the gospel the parable of the mustard seed yeah. like that didn't sink in properly but now it's like hold on maybe because I know what a mustard seed looks like now it's yeah. like a little speck um I think it's just as you grow like like it says you the word deepens but yeah. it also actively changes yeah. its perspective in your life yeah. in the season you're working on which oh, is good, which is amazing yeah i mean as you were talking i thought of um 2 timothy chapter 3 verse uh, 16 for all scripture is breathed out by god and profitable for teaching for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness um and like it's that's just it's all of it is even like the lists of names, like it's all of scriptures, God yeah. breathed and important for us, which I think could lead us maybe, I mean, that's just a personal expression of why we read the Bible. And there's, I mean, tons written on why you should read the Bible yeah. if you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian, I would say read the Bible to try to prove us wrong. Because uh, I really <laughs> believe if you read the Bible, you're going to realize you're wrong. But yeah. that's for another one, uh, which I guess that leads us into another one. Like, is the Bible relevant? You know, like you said, it was a book written 2,000 years ago. Um, I remember actually when I, so I went to an Anglican school and sitting in chapel and just being bored, um, like the guy was talking from the front. And to be honest, 100% they spoke about Jesus, 100% they spoke about the gospel, but I just wasn't listening. It wasn't my time. Um, and so I remember <laughs> uh, opening the Bible and going to the back, to going to Revelation, because, man, that stuff was crazy. <laughs> and I remember reading Revelation and there's like, multi-headed dragon things and horses and like oh man it was just like apocalyptic you know yeah uh, and i love that movie genre so i thought the <laughs> so i remember reading that stuff and just being like this is wild who believes this stuff and now here i sit i remember studying a bit of uh, revelation uh, at college and thinking i don't know this is like i mean this is beautiful it's the word of god it's john's apocalyptic writing and i love it and it's so intense to understand, and like there's so so much richness here. I can't believe I used to laugh at this because yeah. of what I remember thinking in college. So, the Bible's relevance for us today is it just a book for us to sit and laugh at, like I did when I was a young schoolchild, or you know, is it still relevant and profitable for us today? What do you think? Yeah, so I think, uh, like I said at the beginning of the of the podcast, I think it's a that's a question that's thrown at us by non-Christians all the time. It's the Bible's not relevant. How can Jesus know what, what, um, what, what was going to happen today, 2000 years ago mm. when the, when the Bible was written? Because I mean, they say the Bible was written between AD, I think it's 45, 
40, uh, the New Testament. Yeah, the New yeah, Testament yeah, yeah. was written between AD or compiled between AD 45 and 120. Mm. So, I mean, that's, that's nearly 2,000 years ago for us. So, how is that relevant? And I think, I mean, I, doing research on this because it's, it's the one that I find hard to, to articulate because I think, like you said, I just believe that it's relevant because... Mm. Because it's relevant Jesus. to you. Yeah, it's yeah. relevant to me, so I just believe everyone thinks it's relevant. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I think I find it harder to, to articulate. And while I was doing some research, I mean, there's so many people that, that speak about this because I think it's it's not just us that feel like we get asked the question a lot. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I was listening to, to a, a discussion, a Q&A discussion as well, with a lady by the name of Joe Fugali, who was part of the Ravi Zacharias... Institute, yeah. back when it was a thing, and she was saying like she she, or the history shows us that women were were looked at like pieces of meat, and men were. Is this in the Bible times? Eh? Yeah, back in Bible yeah, times, yeah, women were yeah. really looked at like commodities, guess, like really. a commodity. Yeah. yeah, and men were saying that walking behind a woman is as dangerous as walking behind a lion. And then she speak, She goes further to speak about when um, Jesus does the Sermon on the Mount mm-hmm. in, I guess, all the parables, right? Oh, Matthew, the, yeah. All the Gospels. It's in Matthew and Matthew 5, John, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he speaks and he says that, it's, that if a man has a lustful thought for a woman, he must take that on himself. Mm-hmm. It's not the woman's fault. Which shows that when Jesus was here 2,000 years ago, he was already progressive and forward thinking, mm. but he was not just progressive and forward thinking back then. Yeah. He's progressive and forward thinking today. Because men need to hear that today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, Jesus' relevance of two thousand years ago is relevant to all of us men right now. Exactly. The way we view women. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that it, it's not even just the New Testament. I mean, we look at the Old Testament. We look at the kings. We look at Solomon. We look at. Now I can't remember. There's another king in the Old Testament yeah. where they have everything, yeah. but they're still searching for something. Mm. And then Jesus is that something they're searching for. Yeah. And that's so relevant for today still because we've got people up in Santon who have a Ferrari, mm. who have all the computers. They have everything that they need, the what the life. world says yeah. they need, but they're still searching yeah. and they still don't have what they actually want and need. Yeah, um, actually, I just finished reading a book called uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Homer. And in there, he quotes um, um, someone Rockefeller. I can't remember which Rockefeller. Um, but basically, he got asked in an interview, you know, how much money is enough? And he, and he was mega wealthy. And he said, just a little bit more. <laughs> um, I might have got the quote a bit wrong, but that's from uh, John Markoma quotes him in that. But um, I think that's true of us. You know, how much is enough? Or just a little bit more. You know, if I just had a bit more leave days, I'd yeah. be happy. If I just had a bit more money, then I'd be happy. But like we fill all that stuff with junk anyway, instead of coming to the word of God for our, our substance and our joy and our peace. Um, so anyway, I'm getting into a, a different topic here. But so 
why is the Bible relevant? I think you're spot on. And actually, um, I, there are a couple of questions I want to try and answer and ask first before we speak maybe around the relevance thing. So I'm going to circle back to that okay. and read um, uh, a chapter from Kings, which um, Carl, you know Carl from work? Yeah. Uh, Carl Sandrock. Uh, for those of you who don't know Carl, he's just an absolute legend. He's like um, uh, part of the campus team here uh, and just make sure everything is always working and running smoothly. And he loves Jesus a ton. And so he, sh- he pointed this first out to me when I was talking to him about the podcast. Um, so I'm going to come back to that in a sec. But first, I think, I think the question, before we can even say, is it relevant, is we have to ask, you know, can we trust the Bible? But to answer that question, we have to go even deeper and say, well, what is the Bible? Yeah. Who wrote the Bible? And how did the Bible come to be? So I'm going to try just uh, in a little bit of a monologue, I guess, try and answer these things. And I, I must admit, these are questions I asked maybe about 10 years ago when I was coming to faith. Um, questions I then did a lot of research on and found the answers for. Uh, but they are now cobwebbed in my mind because, like you said, I just... I, because I've answered yeah. it, I now trust and keep moving forward. Um, so for anyone who is listening, I just want to point you to an amazing resource. Um, Seb, you found one as well. What, did, what was the one resource you found? It was mm. questions something? Bible reasons. Bible reasons. Yes. Um, uh, so you can Google that. I, f- um, I remember a resource I used a lot back in the day when I had all my questions was gotquestions.org. Yo, and so I just want to point anyone listening here. I'm probably going to do a really bad job of answering these questions, but go to gotquestions.org. Every question you have will be answered and will be answered well. But so first up, what is the Bible? Seb, it is written by, I think a lot of people think God Himself. <laughs> you know, God Himself stepped out of heaven and penned chiseled the Bible, <laughs> and yeah, chiseled, chiseled it in. Now, well, that's not completely wrong and I'll tell you why it is entirely wrong because the Bible is written by men Uh, people sat down and wrote the Bible with their world views with their understandings of the way the world worked but what we say as well is that it was inspired by the spirit of God so the word the Bible is an inspired book written by men guided by the Holy Spirit and it's a collection of books um it's 66 books in the Bible. We've got Old Testament, we've got New Testament, and it's um, a collection of writings going way back. Um, and I actually don't know the dates when we would say Genesis was written, but actually Genesis is not the oldest book. Job is the oldest book as they date it and try and understand it. So Job is the oldest book in our Bible all the way through to the Revelation of John or even the Gospel of John, which was written around 100 AD. So th- the the... You, I think you had a, a date in there. They said the Bible it was, was 45 AD to well, you had even the Old AD. Testament before then. Oh, didn't the you? Old Testament, if I, yeah, that was in reading between the Quran. The differences between the Quran and the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me find that quickly. I'll yeah, you know, so they, the they, they have a date to this. And what I absolutely love, so while you're finding that date for us, what I absolutely love about the Bible is so many people have tried to disprove it, and there'll be something in the Bible that says like. In King Jeroboam's reign of the third year, uh, this thing happened. And what uh, scholars will say is like, it's very clear this thing never happened. The Bible stating as fact, but it didn't happen because we have no archaeological evidence of it. And then through archaeological digs, they find evidence of the thing happening. Yeah. Uh, and so I remember that really helped me in coming to understand that the Bible really is, uh, can be trusted. Have you got that date for us? Yeah, so it says yeah that the Old Testament section of the Bible was written over many centuries, yeah. stretching from what they think is when 1446 BC sure. to about 400 BC. Yeah. 
I mean, that's amazing. It's a collection. And, and I think sometimes people will say that, okay, so, you know, oh, so lots of people wrote the Bible. That clearly shows that it's like made up. But how do you, from say 1500 BC to 100 AD, have a common thread between centuries, uh, between people, between uh, spaces and places? How is there a common thread from the beginning to the end? Yeah. That is the Holy Spirit imprinting himself throughout our word. And so what is the Bible? It's an inspired word of God written by men. Are there mistakes? Yeah, guys copied it and made a few mistakes. 100%. Because also remember, people wrote it. So yep. they're remembering things differently. So one of the big things is at the cross, There's a, in each gospel, the synoptic gospels, there's a difference around what they say, uh, like the plaque said above Jesus. Um, so like Mark's gospel, and I can't remember this, but like Mark's gospel says, uh, here is the king of the Jews. Yeah. Uh, but then Matthew remembers it as saying, uh, the king of the Jews hung on a cross. Uh, I'm getting it very wrong. I mean, you can definitely please go research it because I don't want to tell you lies. Yeah. But so people will use that argument to say, well, look, how can these things be different? Look, the, the gist of it is the same, but they were written at different times with different people's memories. Like if I ask you to recall something that we were both at, we will have different perspectives and different memories, but we will remember the essence of the thing. And so that's where, the, where there are maybe slight discrepancies in the Bible, they can all be explained with just the simple, yeah, a person remembered it and wrote it down. Nothing changes to the core value of the Bible. Yeah, there were mistakes. 100% there were mistakes because people copied the word wrong. But we know that because we have thousands and thousands of copies um, of the original text that spread throughout the word that all, throughout the world that all say the same thing. So, yeah. Uh, Nikki Gumbel does an amazing thing on this in, um, what's it, Alpha, on how we can trust the Bible. So that is, I would recommend people to give that a watch. So we said who wrote the Bible. We've covered that a lot of different people. <laughs> and then how did the Bible come to be? Well, in for uh, the Old Testament, it just slowly collected over time and was eventually canonized. Uh, that means collected, closed, and finished um, within the Jewish culture. And today, the Jewish people read exactly the same Bible as us in terms of the Old Testament. They have a few um, uh, apocryphic, apocrypha writings that are like around their Bible that they would add that we don't. But again, it's not core. It's like assisting to yeah. the core. Um, and then we have our New Testament uh, which also, again, amazing. I remember learning this in college, and I'll probably get the dates a bit wrong. But uh, the 27 books of the New Testament came and were agreed upon at different times, at different places within the, the spread of Christianity. And so uh, it's another evidence. A lot of people say, well, the, well, the Roman Catholic Church decided what books went in. They, they rejected some and chose others for their like cause, which is not true. The Roman Catholic Church did not... Um, or oh, oh, um, Constantine and them did not rather just decide. But a church um, in the East came to these tw 27 books uh, as a church father, and then the church in the West came to the same 27 books a couple of years later. And when they were like writing to each other with a very slow post back in the day, they were like, oh, cool, we, we, got, yeah, we came to the same books. And so let's agree upon this, and we, they closed the canon. And all I have to say to people is like, well, what about the books that got rejected and didn't come in? Go read them, like the Gospel of Judas, the Gospel of Luke. It's um, the Gospel of Luke, sorry, the Gospel of Thomas. I think it's the Gospel yeah, of Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, that's just, it's like crazy. 
it's it's like from another world, you know. Yeah, it doesn't even sound like the it, same Bible it, like, that we read. Exactly. So. Yeah. So go read it, and you'll see why it wasn't included because it's not part of. Um, and so yeah, that's a little bit about I think the Bible, and there is a wealth of information out there. I'd say Nikki Gumbel, um, on his uh, Alpha course is really good. We have some resources on the Rosebank Union website. Um, you can go Gerard Fenter, he, um, a pastor from the church here, did amazing courses on the Bible. So you, really, if you want to know something, you can find the answer. Um, and so I would say from all of that, the Bible being tested by historians, we know that we can at least trust that what is written is what the guys wrote back yeah. in 1500 BC, back in 400 BC, back in 45 AD, back in 100 AD. What they wrote is what we are reading. And now what you need to do is decide, are they speaking Jesus Christ? Is he who he says he is? We, we don't need to even argue about, is the Bible really trustworthy? We know it yeah. is. You just have to decide, is Jesus really the son of God? And that's what you have to decide by reading the Bible. So all of that to come back to, the relevance of the Bible. I would say you can 100% trust it. And um, your argument, what you were saying now, um, I think everyone's tired of hearing my voice. Uh, you were saying about you people, um, it's relevant because Jesus was re relevant 2,000 years ago and he's relevant for today. Is there anything more you want to say on that? I think just that, like, I mean, we look at, we look at today's age and we look at the age back when the Bible was written. So let's say 1,500 AD. So, I mean, BC, before yeah. Christ even. And we think that life was so different back then, which, yes, we're not walking around with a camel trying to find water. <laughs> yeah. Well, we aren't because we're privileged to live in, in Santon. Yeah. But there are people out there still that are doing that. But never mind that. They still had the same issues as us. We still, if we don't have water, we need to search for water. Mm. If we don't have something, we look for that something. So if we don't have, for instance, Christ in our life, we search for it in other places. Mm. And in that searching, we do things that we shouldn't. So we, we do, we, we had, we, what's, uh, like David was adulterous with yes, yeah. Bathsheba. Bathsheba. Yeah. And we do things like that. And it's all issues that were back then that were dealt by scripture, yeah. with scripture, and the same ways they were dealt with then are still the same ways we deal with them now. Yeah, we're still adulterers. Yeah, we like still, affairs if, still happen. If you do commit adultery, it's still the same like punishment mm. type thing. Mm. Like everything the world has started somewhere. Yeah. And has never changed. The core of it has never mm. changed. Yeah. The view of it has changed. Yeah. And I think that's where Bible relevance comes in because our view of what was bad back then has changed to maybe being less bad now means mm. that people now say, oh, but then maybe the Bible's wrong. Yeah. Like, it's outdated. It's outdated because adultery's not that bad anymore. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it's still bad. Ask someone who's been cheated on. <laughs> yeah. If you've been ever been cheated on, it's heartbreaking yeah. it you you feel like something has been torn away mm -hmm. from you so i think it's the view of the world downplaying things has brought in the question of relevance to the bible yeah that's good so i think what i would what i would add on to what you're saying is humans 
are humans. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I have a covetous heart, right? And you see a Bible word, thou shalt not covet, right? <laughs> a covetous heart. I have I have the desire to have things that are not mine. Yeah. And that works itself in many ways, but let's just go to stuff, right? Like I have a desire to have you've got a nice MacBook Pro. I'd love a MacBook Pro. That'd yeah. be sick. That'd be awesome. And so I have this desire to have what is not mine. Yeah. Now, if I act out on that desire, then I'm going to steal. I'm going to do bad things. In Jesus' day, before Jesus, people also had desire for stuff that wasn't theirs. That you know, they had desires for I don't know their mate's camel. Yeah, know, a nicer like carriage. A nicer carriage. Yeah. I, 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 but human nature, we just have different. We've like got different dressings and different things we are able to desire now. We have technology, but yeah. our our inner core being, our, we're still humans. Human nature is just that. It's human nature. Humans haven't changed. It's simply the stuff around us that has changed. And so that's why I think the Bible is still relevant. And that's why I want to read this uh, thing that I mentioned earlier from that Cole mentioned to me. Yes. So Been it's from, for this. from 1 Kings uh, <laughs> chapter 21. And it's uh, Naboth's, Naboth's vineyard. All right. So a bit of the context here, there's this guy called Naboth. And uh, I think it's uh, King Ahab, who was a bad king in Israel, um, wants his stuff, basically. And I think this just, let me read it, and then I'll give a commentary. So, sometime later, there was an incident involving a vineyard belonging to Naboth, uh, the Jezreelite. The vineyard was in Jezreel, close to the place of Ahab, king of Samaria. Ahab said to Naboth, let me have your vineyard to use for a veg vegetable garden since it is close to my palace. In exchange, I will give you a better vineyard or if you prefer, I will pay you whatever it is worth. But Naboth replied, the Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my ancestors. So Ahab went home sullen and angry because Naboth the Jezreelite had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my ancestors. He lay on his bed sulking and refused to eat. His wife, Jezebel, came in and asked him, Why are you so sullen? Why won't you eat? He answered her, Because I said to Naboth the Jezreelite, Sell me your vineyard, or if you prefer, I will give you another vineyard in its place. But he said, I will not give you my vineyard. Jezebel, his wife, said, Is this how you act as king over Israel? Get up and eat. Cheer up. I'll get you the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name, placed his seal on them, and sent them to the elders and nobles who lived in Naboth's city with him. In those letters she wrote, Proclaim a day of fasting and seat Naboth in a prominent place among the people. But seat two scoundrels opposite him and have them bring charges that he has cursed both God and the king. Then take him out and stone him to death. So the elders and nobles, nobles who lived in Naboth's city did as Je uh, Jezebel directed in the letters she had written to them. She proclaimed a fast and seated Naboth. They proclaimed a fast and seated Naboth both um, in a prominent place among the people. Then two scoundrels came and sat opposite him and brought charges against Naboth before the people, saying, Naboth has cursed both God and king. So they took him outside the city and stoned him to death. Then they sent word to Jezebel. Naboth has been stoned to death. As soon as Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned to death, she said to Ahab, Get up and take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, that he refused to sell you. He is no longer alive, but dead. When Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, he got up and went down to take the possession of Naboth's vineyard. And it goes on. I, 
what I absolutely, what Carl pointed out to me about this is, this could be like yesterday. This doesn't have to be ancient Israel. Yeah. You know, you think of the, I want something, so I'm going to go get it. And then, oh, he's not going to give it to me, so I'm just going to go home and sulk and be sad. <laughs> and then actually I'm going to like connive and find a way to get what I want. And so I'm going to have him killed. And then once he's dead, I'll get what I want. That is like rife in our society, you know. That is just, it's so clearly evident that human nature hasn't changed. Yeah. Human nature is human nature. The stuff around us, the stuff we can want and the stuff we can cover, the people we kill for the stuff we want has changed. But our nature remains the same. And so the Bible is an expression and an understanding for us to know our nature and know what God has designed our nature to be. And by knowing God and knowing his word, we can better understand who we are as people, as image bearers of God. And I think that's why the Bible is still relevant because we haven't changed. And thank goodness the Bible hasn't changed either because if it had changed, it would be a mess. Yeah. It's thank goodness the Bible has remained the same because our human nature has remained the same. And those two things need to speak to one another. Yeah. And I think, I mean, imagine if the Bible was changing like people want to change. That means the gospel's changing. That means mm. our mission's changing. Wouldn't we all just be confused? Wouldn't we all be changing it to suit ourselves? Yeah. So it's staying the same and it's staying relevant is why it is the truth, mm. why it is so groundbreaking. Yeah. Because nowhere else that I can, no other book that I can think of has been around for over 2,000 years has been read by more people ever, mm. has been sold, is the most sold book in the mm. world. Yeah. The Bible is the most sold book in the world. But at the same time we say that, it's also the most burnt book in the world, <laughs> which is because people are scared of this. This book right here, as much as it brings us joy and it brings mm. us power, because that's what it is. It's our... It's our Theoret not theoretical, figurative sword. Oh yeah, yeah. As it says, like scripture says that this is our it's mm, a, this is a weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't go out with with this and just use it for fun. It's yeah. a weapon that we use to go out and make more disciples. Yeah. Not just make more disciples to protect other Christians, mm. to protect Jesus, to pr protect His sovereignty over all of us. That's yeah. what this word is for. Is to mm to protect us all, but also to show how sovereign God is mm. over all of us because he had the foresight to, to give us a book that would stick around for 2,000 years yeah. and still be relevant today. It's good, man. So good. Seb, we could riff on this all day, but alas, we would not have anyone listening to us because <laughs> they would have given up by then. Yeah. Um, any closing words before we wrap up? I think from my side, that's, I mean, I think other than Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, yeah, yeah, who, that was a good one. Who absolutely, who he, he said something that I never thought would come out of a U.S. A US president's mouth. And <laughs> uh, this, this quote shocked me, but it, it, it just brought a smile to my face. And Theodore Roosevelt said, a thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education. Mm. And I think sitting in a, in a world 
where people say you need to go to university to become anything. I think Theodore Roosevelt hit it right on the head. If you have God, you will be able to be something. Mm. If you if you pull God and Jesus into your life, he will make a plan for you and your life. Yeah. That's good, bro. Yeah. That's so good. I want to end with a quote as well from, um, what's his name? Millard Erickson. Because <coughs> um, I think sometimes we, yeah, we, we won't, you know, what Roosevelt just said, like we won't think it's valuable because it's like about sheeps and goats, you know. Uh, that's what we think the Bible is about. <laughs> but um, uh, so he says, yeah, one problem of particular concern to the, the theologian and, of course, to the entire Christian church is the apparent difference between the world of the Bible and the present world. Not only the language and concepts, but in some cases the entire frame of reference seems so sharply different. Um, and then he uses that to go into um, unpacking, well, why actually it is still relevant. And so I think what I would encourage people to do is, yeah, it, it does seem like it's worlds apart. And the, it does seem like a dichotomy and it's difficult for us to really understand. But don't let that stop you from reading your Bible. Because if it is the inspired word of God, if the, the, um, the gospel is the power of salvation and we can know the gospel by reading the word, then it is of the utmost importance that you check it out. Like, and like I said earlier at the beginning, read it and prove me wrong. But I know Here you won't. Go. So get stuck in and come to us with arguments. If you are a Christian, get stuck in and don't, let, like, don't be afraid that worlds are different, that things look strange. Um, just get stuck in and trust the Holy Spirit to open your eyes and your heart to this magnificent thing called uh, the Bible. Yeah. That's it from me, Seb. That's <laughs> it from me as well. Thank you guys for, for tuning in, for listening, for watching, for, for commenting, and for asking us questions because that's what we're here for. Yeah. Have a good week, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.